so the point i guess is that we would have to and that we should be finding a way to live that doesn't depend on extracting resources to the extent that we do now and that it's possible to do that but it's a big re-education and really it's it it is it contradicts the basic tenets of capitalism because capitalism is based on exploiting resources right? well i've heard conservative folks say that uh, it's our fault for helping out all those other countries that were doing so poorly compared to us, supposedly. That we shouldn't have helped them out because they, their lives getting better just uh, contributed to uh, the changes in the climate and pollution. And And I think that's one of the things I have such a hard time with explaining to certain Republicans that the people you've elected don't represent you anymore, you know? Um, and I heard one older woman say the other day, just flat out that she doesn't believe in climate. In this, the first Plutopia podcast of 2023, the Plutopian Brain Trust offers you their post-mortem report on the late and not quite lamented year 2022. Welcome everybody to the Plutopia News Network. This is our year-end conversation, and the Plutopians are all here. Scoop Sweeney over there on my left. I guess, well, am I'm I on a, your left? And I, I'm on, you're on I'm my left. <laughs> I don't know how the Zoom, Zoom uh, decides where to put people. Anyway, and, and yeah. just right down below Scoop and I is Susie Sheeler. That Hey, there's a problem with that. She's a centrist. I think this application is sexist that it put the woman at the bottom of the... Actually, for me, I'm at the front. So ah. it's... Yeah, but of course, it really matters on how, how it goes out, who's recording. But for me, I'm first, so hey, I'm all right. A, <laughs> there's a new view on here called Immersive View. Where? Try that one. Immersive Hmm. Oh, I have to show you this. Oh, Lord. What I is I can, can I show happening? it to you? We're looking at it. We're all oh, in a picture it? frame. Yeah, we're all hanging in picture frames. Oh, Good my God. That's Lord. hilarious. <laughs> is that is that actually supposed to be more immersive? than? I don't feel like I'm I'm immersed. That's no, the only, you're just framed. That's the only setting they have. They don't have, like, various formats. <laughs> well, I was coming here to make it speaker view. Oh, I, I see it. it. When I do immersive, everybody goes immersive. Oh. That's very weird. Okay, so now it's speaker uh, view. So no, everybody's at the top. And whoever uh, is speaking is just below that in a big frame. That would make sense, though. Like if you're doing a, a new, you want to make it look like everybody's in the same studio. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me do that again. <coughs> Let me show you. What do you think about this? Good Lord. Whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. and I'm up at the front of the room. I'm at the head of the class. Yeah, at some point they're going to get it so that that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that just <clears throat> There are multiple immersive views, it turns out. Well, it does make you look like you're... And like if you turned around... 
and we just saw the back of your head it would look like you were actually teaching us in class well, let's just go skiing that that one looked like a uh, a uh, illustration of a view of the Democratic uh, representatives in the uh, le in the legislature of Texas, which right. is like three people. I this look will... very short and underdressed. This will work this better weather. on um, YouTube, I think. So anyway. you you must have a, a an updated version because mine doesn't offer that. I just updated my Zoom as I oh, came in. Oh, there you go. Oh, you know what? Hey, um, Scoop, do you pay for an account? Uh, yeah. You should probably have it then. No, I this would... is the account that Plutopia pays for, but Scoop is. Uh, He's got his own. I got. Oh, I, you know what? I'll bet the. The the host is the only one who has the ability to ah, turn he, on the immersive view. He is the host. No, I'm. He's the co-host. Oh, I'm the host. I made him the co-host. Now co-host oh. should have that ability too, though. You're the host with the most co-host. <laughs> You're anyway. the host with the most well, co-host ever. Well, anyway, we have we have departed from the. <laughs> Yeah, we were supposed to be talking about. Uh, I'm just glad we were laughing and not talking about politics for just one second. Or guns just or whatever. one second. Yeah, and we uh, didn't have to say the the name of he who shall not be named. Uh, I'm oh trying to. Well, there. That. So there, there's a traditional, there's a traditional uh, sort of imagery associated with the beginning of the new year where the old year is portrayed as a little old man with a beard kind of like me and uh the new year is portrayed as as a, a kind of brand new spanking new baby right and the uh the old year is like completely decrepit and falling apart and about to go away and the baby's just getting started and looking pretty mischievous and I think we'll probably be into a lot of mischief in 2023, but it would be worthwhile for us to talk about the mischief we were into in uh, 2022. And I think that's what we were going to do first, right? Yes, indeed. And uh, climate seemed to have been a, a big infringement upon our lives. This Did has that been... affect you? Uh, just a tiny little bit, just like freezing and dying of heat stroke. <laughs> it, if you didn't like the weather, you just had to wait a, a week and it'd be something completely different. Mm -hmm. Just like now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing that's changed about that is that there seems to be a fairly broad acknowledgement that climate change is happening. And the people who used to uh, oppose it by saying they didn't believe in it or they didn't think that, the, hmm. the, at least that they didn't believe that it was caused by human activity. They'll now say, well, okay, it's caused by human activity, but we can't stop doing that stuff because it would ruin us, you know, because hmm. we depend too much on fossil fuels and we can't really end that dependence without uh, destroying our quality of life and without destroying the economy, which is sort of like, I mean, the argument is sort of like, we're just going to go ahead and incinerate the, if not the planet, the occupants of the planet that happen to be humans, uh, so that we remain comfortably 
uh, acquainted for a bit longer. Well, I mean, it was like when, what's his stupid name said, Dan Patrick, when the coronavirus started and he said, you know, older people should be willing to die for the economy. It's like, that's (laughs) for the Republican Party. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, you know, that's the, the, the here and now the Republicans used to kind of be that party of, you know, let's be really careful about where how we spend our money and what we and they're they're not that there's not those people anymore that they are not the same people and i think that's one of the things i have such a hard time with explaining to certain republicans that the people you've elected don't represent you anymore you know um and i heard one older woman say the other day just flat out that she doesn't believe in climate and I, okay. I was like, I saw one outside a minute ago. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? It, you it, know? It, it's all a Democrat plot. Of course. And that's the other thing. It's like, my God, some woman was talking about how we control the weather. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, I want to make a point that Jamey Cascio made for me a long time ago. And this was, um, so what happened was that I had, I wrote an article in about 2000 about climate change for Whole Earth Magazine. And the uh, article, which was called Being Green in 2001, uh, was just based on some investigation I did into the state of thinking about climate change because uh, so Bruce, my friend Bruce Sterling was editor of that issue of the magazine and he had been uh, talking quite a bit about global warming and climate change uh, as climate emergency, even back then, you know, I mean, we were kind of aware of it and he was the one who actually made me aware of it. So um, I decided to write this article and in the context of, uh, researching the article when I was interviewing a professor at the University of Colorado, Jim White, um, he was saying something to me to the effect that uh, if everybody in the world had the same standard of limit, living that he and I had, or that you know, typical American middle class had, that we would completely decimate the world's resources. That that there are insufficient resources in the world to support a standard of living like that, uh, which I think I later referred to in talking to Jemay or in front of Jemay, I said, in order for everybody in the world to have a good standard of living like we do, you know, I'm making this value judgment, good standard of living, that 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 would be, you know, uh, impossible with the available resources. And he said, well, that depends on how you define a good standard of living. People can have a perfectly great standard of living and live way differently from the way that we live right now. That we've just stumbled into this sort of extractive way of living that depends on decimating resources at a high rate of decimation, you know? And um, that it doesn't have to be that way. And 
I'm thinking about that even more because yesterday I saw the new Avatar film and both of the Avatar films are kind of about this thing, about people who live close to the land versus people who are completely 100% extractive and exploit the land. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, I, I think that kind of sums up uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, so... So the point, I guess, is that we would have to and that we should be finding a way to live that doesn't depend on extracting resources to the extent that we do now. And that it's possible to do that, but it's a big re-education. And really, it's, it, it, is, it contradicts the basic tenets of capitalism because capitalism is based on exploiting resources. Right? Well, I've heard conservative folks say that uh, it's our fault for helping out all those other countries that were doing so poorly compared to us, supposedly, that we shouldn't have helped them out because they their lives getting better just uh, contributed to uh, the changes in the climate and pollution and so now on top of whatever so so it's it's our fault for being generous to the rest of the world it's like okay whatever i'm not sure what part of the party that came from there was a concept about private property where they said that if you occupied land but you didn't exploit it or extract from it then you had no right to ownership of it what this being applied to of course indigenous people Ah. Yeah, oil and gas people tend to take that approach. It's like, well, you're not drilling anything, so you're not using that properly. Right. I mean, it's uh, capitalism is an entrenched way of thinking, uh, ideology. And, you know, you could make it really soft and less exploitative, exploitative, and it wouldn't be as much of a problem. But the problem is that it it becomes a really aggressive thing. And we saw this. Within the last couple of weeks, you saw what happened with Southwest Airlines through this particular holiday season where they had a complete meltdown. And if you investigate that and read into what people from within Southwest are saying about what had happened to that company, Herb Kelleher had run that company the way a company should be run in that he he gave priority to customers and the frontline personnel of the company and did everything he could to support those people and stayed in touch with them and went up to the front lines to see how things were going. And he was like that kind of a leader. And then he left and the guy who took over as CEO was one of these Wall Street financial guys. And what he did was make the company over time more and more extractive of, you know, just kind of like taking from customers without making sure the customers are okay. And also failing to spend the money that needed to be spent to keep the company current. So right now, the reason that Southwest is failing is because it has a uh, management system that is like really, really old software that also depends a lot on manual efforts and the complexity has just snowballed over the years of 
managing flights and managing passengers and managing luggage. And Southwest has just not been up to it. So it's kind of been creakier and creakier over the last couple of years. And then it finally just collapsed. Yeah, they're the new poster child for, uh, you know, current management theory, which is basically what you just described. Uh, Extractive, yeah. You get a really successful company and then you mine it for all the uh, wealth that you can pull out of it that you don't put a lot back into it, especially mm-hmm. with those those pesky workers and you know, frontline staff, we we don't want to let them share in any of the wealth. That would just be un-American. And the political version of that is uh, trying to get yourself elected so that you can get power and money and not with any intention of serving or governing. Exactly. <clears throat> or knowing how in that Santos situation. I mean, I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I wonder why. <laughs> God, this guy. Oh, and now he's gay. That's my favorite new thing. Wait a minute. <laughs> did I miss a headline? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. He he kept it secret that he had been married to a woman the entire time he was running and uh, was running as a gay Republican. And then he divorced the woman like right before, I guess, right before he announced didn't tell anybody just decided that he was gonna go for that vote too because then you can say oh and you know i'm also uh progressive on this kind of it's just how do you how does how do people not vet those people how does this happen well in fact the local newspaper uh did vet him and discovered some of these things about him that we're just now hearing and made a big deal about it. And they even, this is a newspaper, it's basically a Republican newspaper and they have always supported the Republican candidate and they endorsed the Democrat this year. And they said, we endorsed the Democrat reluctantly because this guy is so bad. Oh, Yet oh, he still got oh, elected. Really? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, but he got elected because they killed the story. I mean, the New York Times came out with the story like, what, two days after he was elected? That's when they broke it. You, you know, know who else is recently divorced? Who? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Wouldn't Get out. make a great couple? Boy, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that being realistic because... Imagine being in that relationship. I'd be looking for the door right away. Oh, my God. What a team. What a team they would be. The king and queen of America. Oh, God. She would be the king and he would be the queen. <laughs> you know, I'm Most just likely. thinking about Sarah Palin. You know, we, we thought that was batshit crazy. It's like, I feed nothing. <laughs> it's like, she was oh. a slacker. We laughed at Dan Quayle for misspelling potato. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I miss Dan Quayle lately. You know, Dan Quayle saved the, the country. Yeah, he's <laughs> the one who told Mike Pence that, hey, you can't do this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dan Quayle. Yeah, I, I love Dan Quayle. Back in my concert production days, uh, I did a, sh- a, sh- a show in Sacramento at the, at the Civic Center, and we came in just after 
uh, a Dan Quayle for president uh, rally there with the Christian conservatives. They were packed in, and he was surrounded by all sorts of uh, secret service. And we show up a bunch of people in black leather jackets and uh, wearing rock and roll T-shirts and carrying in guitars and stuff to the event center. Walk right through, and the secret service did not question. Just I looked like I was from uh, Al Qaeda or, you know, or some of the way I was dressed. They just looked at it like it's quail. Screw it. <laughs> they just uh, okay, whatever. Through. And that's kind of his uh, how he was looked at in the government. He's like, well, it's him. Just he's like the LBJ. You know, pre- pretend he's not there and maybe he'll go away. And he did. <laughs> so we say we're going to talk about 2022. 2022 was like January of 2022. We were a year out from the supposed insurrection. And um, throughout this year, 2022, um, up to the point where we're almost two years from that moment of pain for the USA. And there are still people who are saying that Trump actually won, but far fewer of those people, most of them being Trump. (laughs) (laughs) And Sean Hannity. Does he still say that? No, he just got, he just, they just found out that he lied about, I mean, he's been lying on his show. All these Republicans are coming after him. Oh, Wait, no, you Hannity mean, he lying? Wasn't, he wasn't telling the truth. Oh, I'm, I am devastated now. I thought, he said, I never uh, believed the election was stolen. Yeah. But what happened in 2022, what we saw happen was there was this big buildup throughout the year where it really felt like these they're not really these the new republicans the fascists basically that they were really going to take power in a big way and moving up to november it felt i mean some of us were in despair about that but damned if the people who opposed that both democrats and republicans to some extent Damn it, they didn't get out and vote in a reasonably sane way for people who were not crazy. Yeah, but not entirely, but over half. Just over half. It was still close. It was Mm -hmm. still close, but it squeaked on by. But that is really good news because what should have happened, based on you know, historical precedent is that they really should have had their red tsunami. Yeah, the red wave uh, broke on the shore with a little bit of a dribble and not a big, you know, washing away of of the blue. And the real tsunami buster there was conscience and reality. I mean, people realized that how bad things were getting and how much worse they could get if they didn't, back off from the the crazy and who would have thought mike pence would come out as the hero in this whole play of uh, <laughs> just this the strange way that thing turned out it's like he was uh never a a big liberal you know icon he was he was a big hardcore conservative but right. he even saw that this was really wrong and that it, he <clears throat> 
ended up doing the right thing, which is, you know, pretty uh, unusual for people of the new conservative uh, Republican Party. Or Liz Cheney, 2022. Another one. <laughs> made Liz Cheney a hero. Yep, yep. You just never know. Uh, sometimes people will come through, but I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for them to become liberals or anything because they're still hardcore conservatives. I, I kind of think that they're, you know, you guys are, are referring to them as the new Republicans. And uh, I agree with you that they, they are a different breed, but I don't think they're Republicans. And unfortunately, I think they have, um, they've taken that name and the, the true conservatives are going to have to come up with another name. Yeah. I mean, they hijacked and, the party. Yeah, exactly. Well, so are they going to be, I guess they will be Republicans. I don't know what the Republicans, the real, the old Republicans are going to call themselves. I just, well, kind of an interesting thing. So they're, a lot of them are calling themselves independents right now, but uh, I heard just the other day, you know, it's increasingly unlikely that the Republican nominee for president will be Donald Trump. Uh -huh. But Trump is seriously considering uh, running either as an independent or a third party kind of thing. Uh -huh. Well, the only reason he's pushing that is he makes a lot of money, whether he wins the office or not, because of the way exactly. he gets his finances set up for his campaigns. He will destroy the Republican Party if he does that. Well, that's that's, that's what I was thinking. You know, I mean, that, More power that really will trash any chance either, either the Republicans or Trump would have of winning, but it allows Trump to keep running his grift. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. if, if you look at history, uh, it's been done before what has been done to the Republican Party. Uh -huh. Adolf Hitler was not a member of that uh, you know, German Democratic Party uh, until he got the power and he got the brown shirts with him. And uh, they just kind of stormed in and they became the party, whether you like uh -huh. it or not. If you didn't like it, then you disappeared. Yep. Yep, they're just—it's well, just, not a new thing, and these are the same kind of people that <laughs> that are trying this with the Republican Party. You know, fascism was really popular back in the 1930s in this country. They had big rallies, and the, a lot of important people were involved in that. And of course, when the war broke out, they all disappeared because they were afraid they'd get lynched. Well, they got awfully close to fascism again, in, uh, you know, with McCarthy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something. Well, I mean, we, we've all, this country's been flirting with fascism forever. Yeah, they yeah. always use the Red Scare. That that was always a big, uh, you know, uh, money maker for those folks. You know, just blame the commies, and you know, they're coming over, and they're going to all make us eat borscht. So, but now they've gone, they've gone straight up 1984 on us, and they have flipped who our enemy is <laughs> you know it's like wait a minute i thought we didn't like these guys now you're telling us that we are supposed to like these guys i mean that was trump's agenda with Russia. Well, the, the bad people now are are the woke people the ones who believe in social justice inequality yeah i keep there's a couple of uh of youtube videos i see floating around and one of them uh it says the empire was right um, you know, 
I see this guy and all he's got is uh, he's a podcaster and all he's got behind him is a uh, paraphernalia from Star Wars, but it's all from the dark side. There's <laughs> no, no Luke, no Leia, nothing. It's like, dude, well, there are certain oh. people that really got off to seeing all those uh, stormtroopers. Yeah, you know, they, ooh, the stormtroopers, that's sexy. I want to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you what, what happened to me in 2022 that really stands out in my head is that I started to really understand what these people are saying. Uh, you know, it's sort of like went through period like all of us are feeling outraged and <clears throat> you know it's like how can somebody say that how can they believe that way but i really started to get a handle on what they believe and how strongly they believe it uh and I, what i'm referring to the the belief i'm referring to is that the united states was created for one set of people and all the other people shouldn't even be here. Huh? And of course, the people who say that see themselves as part of the bunch that the United States was created for. So, you know, all those indigenous people, you should send them back home where they came from. Wait, <laughs> wait. Yeah. No, but uh, everybody, I mean, you know, what's happening now at the borders, um, they interpret as meaning that sinister people are trying to bring in people of color to take the place of white people and eventually replace all the white people with people of color. And actually, that's kind of happening in, in that there's more and more people of color in the United States. But it's not That's a conspiracy. That's why we were called a melting yeah. pot. We put it's it not right a bad thing. There. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, this country was supposed to be that way. You look on that inscription on the Statue yeah. of Liberty, and you know, they, these people say that you know, basically, they're saying uh, if you're not worshiping the uh, blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus, and you're not heterosexual kind of looking jesus. like that blue-eyed blonde-haired jesus and, uh, and you're married to a woman or a woman to a man and uh, anything else is evil you know i mean these people yeah i mean the sexual thing is a big deal too it, it, yeah and the, scary. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous it, yeah that whole thing I, jesus was really a palestinian and so a lot of the christians who are so pro-israel don't seem to understand that or i mean they just don't seem to get it he was a you know he was a, a refugee and netanyahu but, is back in power oh there. my so god right deja vu all over again it's okay great the guy was a criminal still is, still is <laughs> got still convicted is. went to jail <laughs> and he's back for another tour I mean, that's like putting, putting, what's his name? Oh, uh, who's the guy, the Italy guy? Uh, damn, now I can't remember his name. He's the one who got uh, thrown in jail for a little while and then his wife ran or something. Yeah, that guy will never be elected. This I picture? Yeah. No. This is what they believe the historical Jesus actually looked like. Yeah, that, that looks accurate because if you sure. have ever been in that part of the world, that's how the people look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Where'd you find that? 
I just Googled it. I've seen that image several times before. I just went back looking for it. Yeah, well, there's <clears> people that do facial reconstruction, you know, based on, uh, you know, just their studies of, you know, how faces develop. And I, they did a great one of uh, this woman uh, in Paris, I think, specializes in that. And she reconstructed a skull that was supposed to be of Nefertiti, the queen of oh, wow. Egypt. And the work was just amazing. And it, and it looked, came out looking just like, you know, the classical, uh, you know, drawings of Nefertiti. So there's people who can wow. do that kind of reconstruction work that's accurate. It's, they've studied how, you know, yeah. the human body works. Yeah. And I we guess talk a, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say I guess there's enough description in the in the Bible or in the Apocrypha, maybe if you get all of those uh, you know, also the un un the books they threw out because they didn't think, you know, that a book of Judith was necessary or a book of Mary was necessary. So Yeah, but, we don't want any women's books there. Mm -mm. But that maybe that they that's where they, you know, got the description and stuff. Mary Magdalene doesn't get a lot of uh, good press in, in the never has never did <laughs> no no you know Jesus really hung out with a lot of trashy people <laughs> yeah you know most credible people generally have that kind of a history it's like all it, homeless and shit what's the deal yeah <laughs> yeah he drove the money lenders from the temple. Oh yeah! Oh boy, that's mean, what his opinion of capitalism was. That, that'll get you put up before the uh, House American uh, Un-American Activities Committee. Uh, right on. Getting rid of the bankers? No, no, no. <clears throat> Who's going to fund our political campaigns? <laughs> Jesus would not have an account with Wells Fargo or PayPal. <laughs> Just saying, or PayPal for that matter. He does not like Elon Musk. I and know he, you say he, he likes everyone, but he does not like Elon Musk. He wouldn't be driving a Tesla. And, oh no! Uh, speaking of that, their stock has dropped by half since his great adventures in uh, social media <laughs> started. Well, there's I, a, you know, the, a nicer guy. There's so there's been an uh, uh, an inevitable downward trajectory for tesla that's kind of been in the cards and and where that comes from is like when tesla first appeared it was the only electric car really i mean there might have been some other smaller smaller deals but uh it was the only electric car and it was kind of to the extent there were other electric cars uh it was much better and you know they did a lot of work to make it as much like uh real car as possible and uh and they were selling a lot of teslas to people who uh thought there was a cool factor involved uh it was kind of expensive kind of pricey but they did have lower price versions eventually and they were selling a lot of cars but inevitably other car companies were going to start building electric cars and bringing those to market so the, the Tesla was inevitably going to be affected by that. And part of the reason that its stock is, well, I guess you could say it's tanking. I mean, to a great extent, Elon Musk is like creating a, a, a reputation for himself that rubs off on his company a bit. 
is. So that is having an effect. But there's also the fact that people understand now that Tesla is inherently going to have uh, an impact on its sales by all these other electric cars that are coming out, uh, many of which are very good, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, plus Tesla is under investigation by the uh, Highway Tra- what is it, the National Transportation Safety Board because of all these, uh, you know, hands-free driver accidents that have been yeah. happening. Some really bad ones where, you know, a Tesla steers into a uh, roadside you know, repair crew and you know, ah, did you know, that happen? That happened. Did, was anyone killed? I, I can't remember who was, there were some serious injuries and possibly deaths. I, I would have to look oh. back. It's been a while since I read all the different oh. details, okay. but they've detailed a lot of, you know, accidents, uh, you know, people, you know, rear-ending a car in front of them because, it, you know, they're, uh, I don't want to their get... magical uh, device didn't see a car. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. I don't want to get too off topic here, but what is Neuralink? Because this also plays into his Game of Thrones. Neuralink is some kind of, um, I'm guessing it's a chip you put in your head. This is the only thing I can conceive of. Um, there's a sh- Impl- yes, implantable brain computer interfaces. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me why would one do that? Well, you know, if people keep talking about you as though you're some genius who is creating the future and you've been hearing or reading a lot of science fiction, uh, some of it like the cyberpunk stuff with all the neural implants that they would talk about, you start thinking, well, I should pioneer that. Let's build that, you know? Um, I don't know how well it's doing. Now, the thing about Elon Musk is maybe he's not really much of a genius. Maybe he's just been lucky. Uh, and certainly he's had some, he's had the good fortune to have good people running companies that he's been associated with. And, uh, you know, the they people like to talk about him as though he's some kind of genius like a kind of weird genius you know mad genius but i think that he's just and this is true of i think a lot of the tech bros in in big tech a lot of those guys have stumbled into things where they accidentally became very wealthy and if you have people telling you that because you're wealthy that this means that you're some kind of a genius or that you've done like you're somehow better than everybody else, then you start to believe it. And Musk has been hit with that a lot. So he started to believe his own bullshit and he's following that along. And one thing is Neuralink is like, they're trying to create these neural implants, which, I mean, it may turn out to be a a great thing. They may do some really wonderful things, but, but I'm a little skeptical well, there you know, there are some uh, implants like that that actually you know, help people people with a, uh, a neurological condition that can be helped by having a little bit of stimulation to a particular part of the brain. That's been done for a while, 
But I don't think that's what he has in mind. He has in mind more of the cyberpunk thing you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. his companies seem to do okay as long as he shuts the fuck up. But when he starts going public and brandishing his uh, manliness you know, to the uh, public in behalf of the companies, that's when he starts to do a lot of damage to those very companies. Well, that, that's like John said. I mean, that's a that's a, such an ego thing, you know, because he's stumbled into this money and people think he's a genius and he, you know, he it's 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 a lot like Trump to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't necessarily stumble into money. Somebody threw it at him. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's he's I mean the 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 thing that I I knew with all my heart this whole time that this Trump thing has been going on, when he said he wouldn't release his taxes, wasn't that he had cheated on him. Everybody knew he had cheated on him. It was that he didn't have any money. And yeah, that, exactly. That is the case. And I was like, there it is. Because I had so many arguments with Trumpers about what a good businessman he was. And I was like, what? do you really think that he, why is, aren't his taxes out? Speaking of good businessmen. Yeah, there you go. Where businessman equals grifter. (laughs) And I think they were cute. There's a lot more, you know, to that story that hasn't come out is there's a lot of missing money and no one seems to be telling where it went. So then, yeah, that's got to be the big part because, yeah, $8 billion doesn't just uh, you know, evaporate and go up oh, into the stratosphere. How do, you, how do you run out of NFTs, just by the way? <laughs> you will. You do it because you limit the number of F- NFTs. I mean, you have to enforce scarcity. I guess right? so. But you can enforce that yourself. You can say... There's only going to be so many. It's like, now. okay, well, think about this. I I often compare NFTs to, to artist prints. Uh, yeah. So an artist gets a bunch of prints made that are high fidelity prints, really good prints, maybe a nice frame. They sign the prints separately and number them, right? Uh-huh. And they may make 40 of them. And that's right. all that they make. They could make more, but they only make 40. And part of that is they definitely want to enforce scarcity because it will justify the higher price. Right. And uh, uh, NFTs are kind of like that in that, you know, if you have a signed print that's numbered, you're the only one who has that particular print with that number on it. And it's signed by the artist. And an NFT is kind of like that. It kind of shows you that the digital object that you have, you're the only one who has it. You know, it can be replicated endlessly, but there's only one copy of it that has that piece of code attached to it. So that makes it unique. And let's say you're Trump and you want to make your Trump um, uh, cards you know, like this thing he did recently. Yeah. They talked about how well we're sold out. Right. Well, of yeah. course, you can replicate those things endlessly and you can create little pieces of code endlessly. But if you do that, they're not valuable. Right. 
Well, so there you are. One wonders, and we all know how valuable they are. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're valuable only to people who think they have value. But, you, you know, I, I think we all know people who were really swept up in the whole cryptocurrency thing of, you know, imaginary money. And there's uh, nothing behind they, it. You know, they used to get really irate when, you know, people criticize, you know, the Bitcoin situation going up and down and <laughs> becoming worthless and then Oop. becoming worth something. And then, oh, no, no, it's worthless again. Right. Scoop, remember, we stumbled over NFTs before anybody was calling them NFTs. And that was when we interviewed Vinay Gupta. That's right. That's right. And he was talking what? about, you know, like putting uh, Stradivarius violins on the on the blockchain. Yeah, that was a, that was an interesting interview. We'll have to recycle that sometime. <laughs> yeah, Benet, and Benet's a smart guy, and he he's usually ahead of the curve on things like this, and he was ahead of the curve on that one. He is uh, one of the uh, initial instigators of the idea of associating blockchain or digital, you know, now they're calling them NFTs, non-fungible tokens with uh, objects in the real world. Yeah, and that's more like blockchain isn't the evil. It's just a tool. You know, some of the things being done with blockchains <laughs> are kind of sketchy, but some of the things he was describing, it, it, it's for real. And uh, it, you can... Uh, really have a good record of, of of things that can't be taken away can't be changed without uh you know everybody agreeing on the change it's kind of a sad thing you know that we had these people who had a really good idea to build a digital and and instead of a currency they built a speculative investment that's not what they intended to do. You know, they weren't, Bitcoin was not supposed to be an investment. It was supposed to be a currency. <laughs> but people don't use it as a currency, uh, partly because the value of it is so volatile. Yeah. What do they do? I mean, they do. For they a do, but lot not of that much. For one thing. <laughs> what do they do with yeah, it? If they don't use it for currency. They buy it and hold it. And and it just gets more and more valuable. And, you know, you sit there waiting less for the value to increase. Or less and less. Well, and then <laughs> I'm so confused at how it would get valuable if there's nothing behind it. Exactly. Uh, buzz. <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. Well, it gets valuable because there's, you know, there's only so much of it and people are, are trading it Look. as though... I mean, it's like they're trading stocks. It's the new pet rock. It becomes an investment. <laughs> yeah. It's just a pet rock. I mean, rock. currencies <laughs> become more or less valuable. The dollar is up and down, and, and so are other forms of currency. Yeah, but it and actually they get measured has... against each other and so forth. But but it it's used more as currency. But with Bitcoin, people were buying it and holding it and waiting for it to appreciate. Yeah, and the big but there problem. was nothing ever in it to appreciate. It's like, I mean, the dollar, although it may be, you know, like everything else, any other payment would be uh, that has actual funds behind it. We have gold. I mean, you know, we've got money that we've got things that make that dollar 
what it is. If you took a dollar and said, here, this is what you can get for this. And you got a Bitcoin, you could not get anything for that. No one is going to take that. Here's this yeah. pre pretend money I'm going to give you. It's not how, how do you appreciate it's like, how does a, a how does your bread dough rise when it's an empty pan? It's just, there's nothing there. Yeah, the That's whole what I don't with, get. You know, well, when Bitcoin has been used to pay for certain things, there are some companies that have started accepting payment in Bitcoin, I think in the hopes that they could get it on the rise, not on the fall of the value yeah. of the Bitcoin. But uh, it's, you know, it's very... Uh, I want to make up it, some money it, and start paying my own It determines on, on how much buzz it has. If 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 all the cool people are saying, "Oh, I'm getting Bitcoin," then of course it's going to increase in value because it's popular. It's got the buzz factor going on. Again, any, any scarce thing, value? well, any scarce thing that is in demand will increase in value, right? I, but how? Okay, so what is a Bitcoin to a dollar right now? Uh, oh, I don't know. I can look that up. Yeah, that would be on the on the market reports. Yeah, it's so, but not everybody has to take Bitcoin. One Bitcoin right now is sixteen thousand five hundred thirty three point seven United States dollars. Yeah, and not long ago it was up to what's almost seventy thousand. So could I? So yeah. Where would I go to buy something with that? The grocery store? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> if they accepted Bitcoin. I mean, you'd have to go somewhere that accepted Bitcoin and you'd have to have a wallet set up that you could, where you could transfer from your wallet to their wallet. And then how would I get change in cash? <laughs> It's well, all I mean, done on the wouldn't blockchain. have to get change because it would be just the exact amount. Yeah. Exact change only. Uh, Man, that's... Uh, I mean, they would just take whatever percentage of your Bitcoin it took to pay for whatever it is. You know what? Buying. I shouldn't laugh at it because I, when a certain person, when I worked at Whole Foods um, dot com, when it was still Whole Foods dot com, the, uh, we were trying to sell food and stuff um someone <laughs> came up and, you know but then we moved on um they uh they this person who was i we all thought he was crazy he was talking about books online mm -hmm. everybody thought he was nuts i was like Are what are you talking about me no because i was ordering books from amazon no 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 this was down. this was yes no but virtually he was talking about having them virtually and it wasn't wasn't oh, you yeah. but i don't i don't know that you laughed at him but the rest of us did <laughs> <laughs> and now that's the only way i get my books that's the only way you can oh, yeah because you know malvern books just went under that really yes that was sad because that, that, that was a cool little bookstore we did a we did an event with the uh chris brown and uh i forget the other guy's name we recorded a reading there it like it was scott what was his name um let me see if i can figure that out 
Yeah, but, we did an event there that was it, it was a science fiction author. Yeah, and uh, the event was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, and, and after the event, I went and I was looking at all the things they had in their in their shelves, and it's stuff you wouldn't find uh, maybe even at book people. I mean, they had a niche market of just you know really cool, really uh, you know avant garde stuff. In fact, you know it, it was really a nice bookstore, and the, and they treated people nice when you came in there. If I if I went in there, they would be personable and they would want to show you something they're really proud of. You know, and they'd show you the really cool books that are out. You don't get that in a lot of retailers. Oh no, no. But Half price books are priced, right. priced out of Austin, like a lot of other good businesses. I heard the broken spoke is asking the city council or somebody mm -hmm. to to help guard them against going under. Yeah, because the oh, it was Michael Bloomline. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That we was... interviewed. We we uh, we recorded talk by Michael Bloomline, who died since then. Yeah. Oh God, sorry. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the whole broken spoke thing. Uh, the company that built that big condo apartment thing around the broken spoke, they were all fans. So they were saying, you know, you're, you're cool here. You can just stay like, just like you are. Well, they've been purchased by another company who doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so the broken spoke people are concerned that uh, they're going to be bulldozed like uh, most of the other. It literally makes no sense to bulldoze over and remake a city that you want to move to because you think it's cool so you raise the whole fucking thing and then you build boulder on top of it or yeah, something. And, and we're going to end up like houston did back in the 80s they oh. they built all those great high rises and nobody was inside mm -mm. you could look mm -mm. through all the buildings when you drove through houston i mean yeah it's true and they're still building yep 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 i don't uh, know well they're gonna they're talking about making the broken spoke a historic landmark well, yeah well it actually and that might is. protect it i think it, it, it's on the list of you know, historical landmarks, but they have to really take a big vote and have the city council step up and mm -hmm. do something for a change. Well, they did. They approved a resolution initiating the historic zoning for the dance hall. Now, that's good. Yeah, that's In order to good. provide permanent protection to the structure and the operations of the venue. Good. I and wish so they'd done that for Maria's. Yeah, there there are a lot of places yeah. that uh, are, were, were the reason I, I moved back here from the Bay Area because the Bay Area was definitely not cool anymore. Las Manitas. Las Manitas. Oh, my God. All the God. way back to the Armadillo World Headquarters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's the jo Java. What's it was called? Java on uh, 12th and Lamar. Austin Java? Yeah, Austin Java. It's gone. It, that's still oh. not still there. The building's still there, but they closed a long, long, long over ten years ago. I, I think would they're say. still in Austin, Java. What thing? Oh, well, Austin has completely transformed mm -hmm. in the last two decades, mm -hmm. and it's not the same city it was. And there's a big question about. I mean, how should people feel about that? Uh, does the city kind of lose its magic when it goes through a transformation like that? There's, uh, 
it kind of feels like it has. I used to think that regardless of what happened here, the magic was the magic and it was going to be there. But the I don't know. The magic, uh, the cities have away. souls and, and this particular soul has died and it is now being reincarnated into something that I do not want to be associated with really. Well, the, you know, one of the things I, I really miss from when I would always come to Austin, Inner Sanctum Records, businesses like that, that was a great place to go. No inner yeah. Fortunately, Anton's is still around, and I hope they don't bulldoze that because those, yeah, I'm concerned those are about all good people. <laughs> Waterloo Records, I'm surprised yeah. they're still around, honestly. You know? Well, actually, they sell a lot more than just records now. Right. Yeah. But, and they do you know. really well with vinyl. In fact, uh, John Coons, I kind of know John Coons, who who owns Waterloo, and mm -hmm. he was telling me uh, a couple of years ago that vinyl is sort of the main thing that they sell now. Yeah, well, that's, well, they, that's their main source of well, revenue. Well, why, yeah, how would you, why would you buy a CD anymore? Vinyl is, I mean, that's, you buy that for more than, than just hearing it, you know, it's the whole experience of having an album. Something you could hold in your hand and, yes, and read, read the, the notes liner on the back. Notes. There was artwork on the front. Yes, that's but, something, but now you just... You know, vinyl is outselling uh, most other, you know, forms of music and... Uh, Good. And it's not because the of, of the audio quality, because, you know... Uh, you know, audio purists, you know, think vinyls, you know, kind of lacking, but, you know, I'm a vinyl purist and not, I'm a, yeah, I think vinyl I, sounds I the like best. the feel of the music and the uh, dynamics of the music and the remixes that you hear uh, these days are not the original music. It's somebody's reimagining of, you know, if they had produced the Beatles, that's what it would have sounded like. Right, right, <laughs> that's right. Not, that's not that record. There's, yeah. too, there's too many people that want to take something that exists that was really good and make it their own version of really good. And uh, that, that, that irritates me a lot. It's very irritating. I, I remember when I heard the um, Vanilla Ice song, I was very upset by it. <laughs> there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. People are just best. It's like, get, do an original song, idiot. Come on. Try, try. Do. Yeah. Don't I mean, I could write new words to, you know, the best songs in the world and, and I could say it was mine, <laughs> but well, I, could I, mean, I could go weird Al Yankovic. That's no problem. I could do an all kazoo version of, uh, Purple Rain, but I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't hey, be but I could. I I might be able to back you up on my ukulele. <laughs> but if you attached an NFT to that, you might make some money. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. We're only accepting Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Call our attorneys. I think we have a business plan that's hatching. <laughs> wow. Better. Well, I thought we would cover a lot more stuff, but this is a lot that we have covered. Yeah. Well, this is kind of how we roll anyway you know, we take a, a subject and try to stick to the subject but generally don't <laughs> i'm trying to see That's if there's right. we anything we didn't talk about well i mean there's a lot and i had some notes and there are a lot of things that i had down but we didn't talk about gun violence we didn't talk about oh. the war in ukraine well, I guess we're going to have to continue doing these live things. Yeah. We didn't talk about, uh, talk about those things. Hunter Biden's laptop. 
Oh, boy. oh, that guy. A, oh, yeah, that's you know what? That really, ground. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's fight back with Justice Kennedy's son. All right, let's have a little bit of that going on if we're going to oh, talk boy. about Hunter. I wonder yeah. if we could get Hunter Biden to come on the show. That would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's got nothing else going on. No, he's not busy at all. And we did not talk about the terrible thing that happened in Uvalde in 2022. Yeah, I, I've avoided talking about that just because it was. it's still horrifying just to even think about. It makes me so angry. And you know what? Just on top of that, it is just in. I can't even believe that that county voted for Greg Abbott in such large numbers. It's just yeah, heartbreaking. It's kind of, that's kind of well, that, hard to parse. That's indicative uh, of the problem there. The people that are actually running the town are not the parents of those kids. They're old white guys. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, we're, so we're we're almost out of time. The one thing I wanted to mention that I just found out about today is that. Ron DeSantis, our old friend Ron DeSantis, has called for Moderna and Pfizer to be investigated for their COVID vaccine. Oh, fucking gay, this guy. I'm I'm having a little trouble understanding exactly what are they supposed to investigate? I mean, they saved three million lives, at least. There, maybe th- more. This is what, but see, this is already, this is just posturing. To, and testing the waters to see how Trump he has to go. How does he have to go full Trump to win? Does he go just a little bit Trump? You know, he's always been anti-vax. So, you know, that could be a, a big swing for him from the the Trump voters who are still loving Trump, but also going, well, maybe he's too old. Well, you know I think I mean? we need a new superhero. And I've mm. got one in mind. All right. New superhero. Yeah. I am fat. <laughs> fat man. I love that guy. Talk about your body shaming. There's your guy there. Yeah. You know what, though? I wouldn't fuck with that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Anyway. So we have reached the end of the internet, as they say. Oh, wow. Or we have reached the end of our time, anyway. But this was fun. We sh- we will do this more often. Yes. Well, and uh, we'll be back full force pretty soon. I will be a little out of pocket in a couple of weeks after they slice into my body, break out my hip, and put some titanium steel in there. Yeah, Miss Susie, and I'll pick up the slack for you there, and uh, yes, provide Although- you. Uh, Comfort yes. and aid. Yes, we, comfort. we're oh, there for you. <laughs> we are there for you. Listen, wear masks, you guys, because uh, it's three New of variant. my friends are, are very sick right now, and they tested positive for COVID. Yep. Oh, that's terrible. One of them well, had to have breathing treatments at the hospital, so oh. please be careful. Yeah, well, we keep vaccinations won't, ha- won't keep you from that because my uh, granddaughter, who just moved back to Texas, uh, she's a nursing aide and she tested positive uh, twice and she was fully vaccinated and she still got COVID. My friends fully are fully vaccinated. Vax. You mean five shots? Yeah, the whole nine yards and still. Wow. It, so it's it, probably it, the, it the new subvariant. It's just like, yeah. Uh, I, I think just leaving, I had a friend who worked for the CDC and she said, I'm not ever going to 
you know, not wear a mask in public again. She's just, yep. I get she's too dangerous. Well, yep. we've been running around without masks on for, for several months now, and we've been in lots of crowded spaces, and somehow we still haven't got sick. Yeah. Here it comes. Oh, Be careful. Right. Be okay, safe. folks. Wear your mask, right. well, wear a condom, wear something over on top of your head for uh, sun protection. But mm -hmm. not a condom. Mm -hmm. Don't put the condom on your head. Unless. I, I need one up here. It's shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scoot, either. <laughs> Too much information. Oh, fellas. <laughs> let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Yes. Adios. See you soon. Hasta Luigi. You can follow the Plutopia News Network at Plutopia.io. On Facebook, go to at Plutopia News. On Twitter, it's at Plutopia. This is the Plutopia News Network, 20 minutes into the future.